The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are joining us from remote locations over the Internet, as well as new listeners in Boston and Chicago. Thank you for making time to be with us again and for your many thoughtful and very well-informed emails. I really appreciate reading them. In just a moment, former Secretary of Health, Education and Welfare in the Carter administration and one of President Johnson's closest confidants, Mr. Joseph Califano, will be joining us to set the record straight on misinformation perpetuated in the Academy Award-nominated film Selma, as well as important social reforms that must be credited to President Johnson. But before Mr. Califano joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Joseph Anthony Califano, Jr. was born in Brooklyn, New York. He earned his undergraduate degree from the College of the Holy Cross and law degree from Harvard Law School. In 1955, Califano enlisted in the Navy, where he was assigned to the office of the Judge Advocate General in Washington, D.C., after leaving the Navy, Califano joined the law firm Dewey Ballantyne, and in 1961, Califano was named Special Assistant to the General Counsel of the Department of Defense. Shortly afterwards, he was appointed General Counsel of the Army, where Califano received the Distinguished Service Medal. It wasn't long before Califano's reputation for getting the job done spread throughout Washington, and in 1964 he was asked to serve as special assistant to the Secretary of Defense, where he acted as a liaison between the President and Defense Department. But in less than 12 months, President Lyndon B. Johnson recruited Califano as special assistant to the President of the United States. In 1977, Califano became the nation's 12th Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare in the Carter administration, a post he served until 79 when he re-entered private practice again. He is credited with founding the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University and the Institute for Social and Economic Policy in the Middle East at Harvard University. And he is also the author of over a dozen best-selling books. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a dedicated public servant who is here to set the record straight, Mr. Joseph Califano. Welcome to the program, Mr. Califano. Well, it's just great to be with you. If it's all right with you, uh, I'd like to open today's program by tackling uh, a problem we seem to have with revisionist history, uh, because <laughs> lately uh, we seem to see a lot of that, from Brian Williams' account of being shot down to President Johnson's stance on civil rights. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to start with the film Selma, which is up for a number of awards this year. You were one of President Johnson's closest confidants, so help us set the record straight on Selma today. Well, the 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 reality in, ab about this is one uh, in December of nineteen. First of all, one uh, when Lyndon Johnson arrived in Washington on the night of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, when he met with Jack Valenti and others, he said he was going to do a voting rights bill. That's how important he thought it was. He considered voting rights the most important piece of legislation in his, of all the hundreds of laws he proposed and got passed. In, in the immediate uh, part before Selma, in December 64, he and Martin Luther King met. Andrew Young was there in the White House, and they talked about the need for voting rights. And 
neither the president nor uh, Martin Luther King, according to Andrew Young, knew anything about Selma. Uh, Selma, of course, was a march in 65. In January of 65, President Johnson called Martin Luther King. The first anybody can listen to that conversation. It's on. It's online at the LBJ Library. You can bang it in and listen to it. It was a 16 or 17-minute conversation. Johnson, they first discussed appointing Negroes, which was the term in those days, to high-level federal jobs. Then Johnson said, uh, I'm going to have billions to help your people with health and with education. But the most important thing, doctor, which is how he always addressed King, is the vote. If we can get them the vote, that will solve 70% of their problems. King agreed. President Johnson then said, for what I'm going to go to Congress with up here, you can make a great contribution. I want you to find the worst place in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, or South Carolina, uh, a place where a Negro has to recite the Constitution to register to vote and a white person doesn't. You, you find that place, get it in the pulpits, get it on television, get it on the radio, and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And eventually a guy that doesn't do anything except drive a tractor will say, that's not fair, that's not fair. And that'll help me for what I'm going to shove through up here in Washington. So, in other words, Johnson felt that this march from Selma to Montgomery would be a big help to the president to get his civil rights initiatives through Congress. Is that right? You're absolutely right. And and an important thing here is King came back, and that was January 15th. King came back on February 9th and said to the president, uh, I found the place. It's Selma. And and it was actually Julian Bond who was working in Selma who was putting uh, the march together at that point. And then... Uh, Johnson said, "Fine." He hoped there wouldn't be violence. They marched. There, were, there was a there was an attempted march. I think it was March fifth, and another on March seventh. And during during those marches, John Lewis, the congressman, not then congressman, presently congressman, got his head banged up, and a white minister from Boston was killed. Yes, that's uh, right. At the time when uh, Wallace came forward and said that he couldn't protect the marchers, that kind of opened the door for Johnson to be able to send in the National Guard. He he needed that to occur. Is that right? Exactly. He summoned Wallace to Washington. You're right, absolutely right. He summoned Wallace to Washington. Wallace uh, said he couldn't protect the marchers, and Johnson said, if you can't, I will. And he federalized the Alabama National Guard, which means he brought it under control of the Army and his control. And that those troops protected the marches in the in the historic march, which was from Selma all the way to Montgomery, Alabama. And I think it's worth noting two other things. One, at the end of that phone conversation I first mentioned to you, uh, uh, Martin Luther King said, God bless you, Mr. President. And in Montgomery, Alabama, at the end of the march, in King's statement to the marches, he thanked Lyndon Johnson. Well, it's clear that Lyndon Johnson and Martin Luther King worked together. Johnson needed King's support. He needed right. this march to get legislation through Congress that was important to him. I also want to point out that Johnson was responsible for appointing the first black cabinet member, Robert Weaver. Is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. And also the first black Supreme Court justice, Thurgood Marshall, was that's also right. a Johnson appointee. You're absolutely right, both of those. So you must have been surprised when you saw the movie Selma. Well, I was I was shocked. I mean, I, I saw the movie, and, and I'll tell you what bothered me. Uh, the movie portrayed Johnson as being reluctant, portrayed him as not wanting to do it, uh, not wanting King to do it, and then there's a scene in which, and, and as being very condescending, and as the meetings between King and Johnson being contentious, which which is were not true, and Andrew Young makes that point. And 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 this, and then there's a scene in which the head of the FBI stands in front of the president's desk and says to the president, "If you want me to, I can take care of this guy permanently or temporarily. I mean, permanently, meaning yeah, kill him. yeah, yeah." And and 
<clears throat> and then there's an indication that Johnson sent a tape of King, uh, who was, uh, you know, sleeping with another woman, having intercourse with another woman. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to have to take, unfortunately, we have to take our first hard break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the misportrayal and why uh, we are still benefiting from Johnson's great society. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. Have you checked out the Costa Report blog yet? Well, what are you waiting for? There's no quicker way to find out what newsmakers are saying than the Costa Report blog at RebeccaCosta.com. It's where the former CEO of Apple and PepsiCo, John Scully, predicts where the next tech breakthroughs are going to come from. And also where Trent Lott explains why a GOP reversal of the Senate nuclear option will signal real change in our nation's capital. And the Costa Report blog is where you'll discover why Alan Dershowitz is worried that ISIS is adopting Hamas-like tactics. You'll find all this and more at the Costa Report blog. A new blog is posted every week, and they're short, pithy, and tell the unvarnished truth. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com to get the latest blog. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're there, be sure to register for updates and breaking news. The Costa Report blog. Bringing you the news the big networks don't and won't. Is your internet connection slow? Etheric Networks can help you. Etheric Networks is the Bay Area's locally owned alternative to DSL satellite and cable. We do a few things to make our service better. We have a great reputation and our staff is committed to providing a great user experience. We listen to our customers and listen to our staff. We pay living wages. Our staff are local Bay Area engineers and professionals. We provide flexibility and personalized service. Being in Silicon Valley, we have direct contact with the networking software and hardware companies and can bring new technologies to market before the cable and phone companies. We operate a tower-based fixed wireless network as well as a fiber optic backbone network that rings the bay. The combination creates an ultra-reliable high-capacity network that you ought to try. KSCO Business Special. Business service up to 10 megabits per second symmetric for as little as $299 a month with a $399 installation fee. Etheric Networks. Call 650-399-4200. Etheric.net. No doubt about it, spring is just around the corner, and that means it's time to get those RVs and boat, camper, and horse trailers ready to roll. Michael Olson here at RV Service Center, just off Highway 1 up at the top of Santa Cruz 2525 Mission. Rena, what do folks need to do to get their rolling stock back on the road? First, fire up all the appliances and make certain that they work. Stove, refrigerator, air conditioner, heater, and all the electrical components. Next, check out the things that are hard to see, like your running gear, axles, brakes, and tires. Don't want to lose a wheel or a horse while cruising down the highway. Wow, that sounds like a lot of very important work that needs to get done before folks hit the road again, Rena. Will you folks at RV Service Center lend a hand? You bet, Michael. We'll do a complete get-back-on-the-road spring checkup at RV Service Center. And to make it real easy, we'll do the complete checkup for 25% off. Book your appointment today because we're getting real busy already. That's RV Service Center, 2525 Mission. Call today, 831-427-0881. Welcome back to the Costa Report. 
I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare, and also one of President Johnson's closest confidants, Mr. Joseph Califano. And before the break, you were explaining how the movie Selma portrayed President Johnson as a reluctant participant in Selma, when in fact, he and Martin Luther King worked very closely together. And you were also explaining that in the film, there's an implication made that Johnson and the FBI wanted Martin Luther King to, um, uh, well, as the Italians say, go away. <laughs> Is that? I guess that's a polite way to say it. Well, but, you know, a, it's just that the FBI director suggested that. Johnson rejects it in the movie, but just that fact. And also that uh, uh, and there were tapes of Martin Luther King's philandering that were sent to uh, Mrs. King, Coretta King, uh, and the implication is that Johnson was the one that said send them to her. In fact, the the taping occurred in nineteen in, in, in under Robert Kennedy. Johnson stopped that taping, and also uh, <clears throat> Johnson was vice president when it was sent to the to the civil rights group uh, that sent it to uh, Coretta King. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so it it just that's all of that was wrong. The contentiousness, the the the, uh, the the idea that Johnson was trying to disparage King, and the tragedy to me, and why I was so concerned about it when I saw that film, was this. This is a great story about uh, the true story is a great story about a white Southern president and a civil rights leader and a black civil rights leader getting together to do something that neither of them probably could have done alone. And, and and to lose that is terrible because it's a great story for this country and we need it at this point. We still, we have a lot of racial tension right now. I agree with you. We need good examples. And why would we tear down a good example like this? This is why I wanted to have you on the program. I'm, I'm very uh, discouraged that we would tear down a good example. Well, that's right. And that's, and, 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 and you know, unfortunately... You know, you read a lot of history. I read a lot of history. Other yes. people do. But most kids do not. And many, many adults don't. They get their history from movies, from films. And and when this movie came out, it was, you know, to be the history of what happened. Well, it's that's that's a false history. What what it said about LBJ was false. It wasn't it wasn't theatrical license or anything. It was just false. And that's why, and, and I think for kids to see it and, and, and then come out and say, oh boy, you know, there's a white president who wouldn't do anything and didn't want to do it. And, you know, that was wrong. And finally, I think, uh, Rebecca, it diminished Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, the Martin Luther King that I talked to when I worked for President Johnson, and that President Johnson had at least 35 taped phone conversations with and many meetings. That Martin Luther King, like Johnson himself, was committed and canny, shrewd. We think he was Martin a great Luther statesman. He was a great statesman, and he was a very smart yes. politician as well. I mean, he, he, he wasn't, you know, as important as it was for him to be a preacher and, and a man of God uh, and a minister, the, the, the fact was he was more than that. He was even more than that. And, and, and the two of them were terrific together. Yes, that's so, true. You know, that's, well, let's talk for a moment about uh, setting the record straight. You wrote a wonderful book, The President Who Made Washington Work, The Triumph and Tragedy of Lyndon Johnson. And you write so eloquently about his ambitious Great Society. Tell us a little bit about the Great Society. Well, you know, Johnson, when Johnson, the, 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 I say in that, in that book, as you know, I say, you know, we're living in Lyndon Johnson's America. And uh, what? Yes, we are. Because think about it. It, it was during his administration, with the Education Acts, 60% of the kids in college today in this country are there on grant, loan, and work-study programs that he got enacted. Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare covers about almost 60 million Americans, and Medicaid covers 70 million Americans, and there are 9,000 community health centers, all during the Johnson years. The first air pollution, the first water pollution, the first solid waste disposal laws, the first motor vehicle pollution laws, all passed during the Johnson administration. And uh, just, you know, 
in the National Endowments for the Arts and Humanities, which has funded uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of local theater companies and opera companies and symphony orchestras and dance companies. And he proposed in 1967 the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, mm-hmm. which now gives us, what, 400-plus uh, public television stations and 900 public radio stations. And, you know, th- that, that, that era changed the world. I-, I mentioned one other thing because I think it is important. Uh, the reform of the immigration law. We had a national quota system in which uh, immigrants were limited largely to people who were from northern Europe or from the British Isles. Uh, 85% of our immigrants, when Johnson became president, were from those places. Yes. He, he passed immigration reform to open up the country to the world. And now, today, today, 85% of the immigrants to this country are from Southern Europe and Eastern Europe, the Spanish, the Italians, a lot of the Soviet countries, Jews that were there, and Asia. Central America, South America, the Middle East, and Africa. And if you look at the country, I mean, we are the most multicultural country in the world. Now, like it or love it, that, that's that. But, he, but here's a fact. They you were know, living in his America. Yeah, let, let me mention a fact that I find spectacular. Uh, can I? Uh, while he was opening up immigration, while he was taking care of these immigration laws, it it is amazing that the poverty line in the country dropped from twenty two percent to twelve percent. I, I think last year it was hovering around fourteen percent in our country. Right now, we haven't seen a twelve percent poverty line in a long time. No, we haven't. That's that's absolutely Isn't right. Isn't that amazing that he was while he was doing immigration reform, poverty dropped in the country. Well, and he, you know, he did a lot of things. And, you know, people say, oh, the poverty program, it was, wasn't just the Office of Economic Opportunity. It was what he did with Social Security. He increased the minimum benefit. Uh, remember, in those years, for sure, uh, most people uh, that were 65 and over had little or no retirement. Uh, Medicare, uh, just, just taking the elderly, if my recollection is correct, and I think it is, uh, when he was president, uh, 35% of the people over 65 were below the poverty line. It's yes. down to 9% today. That's Your right. point is absolutely right. The drop from 22 to 12, we've never had a drop like that in any comparable period in our history. And we don't have it now. In fact, we're moving in the other direction. And, uh, and that's a sorry uh, indictment on our current administration. Now, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about that, as well as the, uh, I think there were something like 181 domestic bills that Johnson passed. And uh, we've got to get to that because uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So let's find out from Joseph Califano when we get back from the other side of this break. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you listen to the news today, you might come away with the impression that our biggest challenges are political and economic. But if this were true, then countries which have different political and economic systems would be facing different problems. But they aren't. Every government and every nation is struggling with job creation, debt, immigration, climate change, terrorism, health care, energy, and wild swings in financial markets. So something else must be going on. That's why I'm inviting you to get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a book which shows how the Roman, Mayan, and Khmer empires once faced similar challenges and what we can do to avoid their fate. Visit RebeccaCosta.com today and get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, because once you do, you'll never look at the world the same way. Calling all trivia buffs. 
Don't miss your chance to test your wits against fellow trivia enthusiasts while supporting a great cause. The Volunteer Center of Santa Cruz County is now taking registrations for the 6th Annual Trivia Challenge, beginning February 27th from 6 to 9.30 p.m. at the Santa Cruz Civic in support of senior programs at the Volunteer Center. Join Dale Julen from KSBW Television as the Master of Ceremonies for a festive evening of food, drinks, raffle prizes, and rousing trivia competition. Form a team or play along from the stands as a spectator. Teams that register by February 12th will qualify for a drawing to receive a $300 gift certificate from Cafe Cruise. Learn more, purchase tickets, or register at sctriviachallenge.org or call 831-427-5070. That's 831-427-5070. Join us at the 2015 Business Showcase Passport to Success on Thursday, February 19th at the Capitola Mall from 4 to 7 p.m. It's your opportunity to get to know your local businesses and organizations. Come see live demonstrations from fly fishing to scuba diving, healthy living to the latest in banking needs the business showcase will be sure to meet everyone's interests in a casual and inviting evening be sure to visit the gourmet hospitality pavilion where many of the area's finest restaurants wineries and caterers will have samples to offer presented by valley yellow pages and ksco and komy call the aptos or capitola soquel chambers of commerce for more information at 688-1467 or 475-6522 don't forget to join us admission is free do you have a plan for your money does your money come and go like the tides Do you just leave your finances to fate? Cash is always flowing, money is always moving, and if you don't manage it, it will move away from you. So many people actually spend more time planning their next trip to the dentist than they do something even more important like their retirement. You know what they say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Don't leave your financial future to fate. Take charge. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Money Moves is dedicated to providing you tips and tools so you can manage your own money effectively. No one cares about your money more than you do. Therefore, you need the skills to manage your money. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us today, my guest is Joseph Califano. Now, in your book, you point out that Johnson pushed Congress to pass 181 domestic bills out of 200 that he wanted. So uh, my question is, what do you say to folks who don't want to ever see government become that prolific again? You know, I'd say a couple of things. One, uh, it was very important. We needed, we needed those laws. We needed to deal with civil rights. We had the problem of uh, discrimination in public accommodations and, and in employment. We had the voting rights problem. We had the problem in fair housing. We needed to deal with the environment. Uh, you know, and, and he established the principle in many of those laws that not just to preserve what we, we have that's beautiful, but also to that those who defile it, whether it's with chemicals or, or business, whatever they whoever, have an obligation to restore it. Uh, that's basically the principle, the philosophy behind so much of the environmental movement today. Yeah, I believe he put through 20 conservation uh, bills. Yeah, yeah he, he, the head of the... Uh, National Geographic Society, he was very proud, called him our greatest environmental president. And I also think something else, you know, Rebecca, that's important for people to remember that was going on in those years. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I mentioned just, you know, he did open up higher education to anybody who wants it. 
in this country today, no matter how thin their daddy's wallet is, if they're willing to work and what have you, they can get it. Uh, he, 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 and, and that was very important. Uh, but, but I, I think, I think that, that, uh, we have to remember something. Lyndon Johnson's presidency also spanned the, 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 the years in which, you know, the corner grocer and the, uh, local pharmacist and the local bank, uh, all, and, and, and the, uh, all, and the local drugstores all morphed into national chains, national banks, national retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and he said, you know, the housewife goes into a supermarket where the products are designed by the shrewdest marketers and, and, and a veteran goes in to buy a car and, or, or a home and the mortgage and the car payments and everything is, uh, Designed by you know, an army of lawyers, he said, "You know, we have to we have to give some balance here, and and so a whole host of laws: truth in packaging, truth in lending, wholesome meat, wholesome poultry, wholesome fish, uh, the National Product Safety Commission. Every indeed, well, they were you know, designed to protect the consumer from predatory practices. You're exactly right because yes, you know, and and he was known for that. In fact, uh, as you point out, uh, the the truth in lending, truth in statement, uh, in in advertising, these all came out of the Johnson administration. Yes, they did, and even you know, of course, he he, he you know he. I said once he was like I said I say in the book, the Triumph and Treasure, Lyndon Johnson, he was like a kid with cookies. Uh, in terms of you couldn't get enough, he couldn't. Uh, once my my he called me. He it really annoyed him when he couldn't couldn't get you immediately. Well, he let's let's talk. Well, let's talk about something else. Uh, you know, you, you're because you're making a very compelling point that you have a president who arguably did more for civil rights legislation than any other president that we've had. He secured minority voting rights. He established modern cities and mass transportation initiatives. He created rent supplements for the very poor, drug wow, rehabilitation yeah. centers, established laws to protect consumers, established cons- uh, conservation laws, goes on and on. But then when he steps down as president, he completely withdraws from politics. Well, I think it, I think it was very tough. Remember now that what clouded the Johnson presidency and client was the Vietnam War and, and the uh, you know the, the opposition to the war, uh, the fact that, the, by and large, uh, in in colleges around the country, academics uh, never taught about Johnson. Never the actors of those years didn't exist. But never, why why did he walk away? You you were close to him. Why did he walk away from politics with that kind of a record? Who walks away? Well, he he one he was convinced he had become divisive. It was the three days before he actually made the announcement. We were we were having lunch in the Rose Garden in the White House, and he said, "You know," uh, and he was divisive on race. He was a symbol of division and on the war. And he and I said, "Well, you, you know, you should run. Why should I run? Well, you're the only guy that can get things done." I said, and he said, "Well, you know," he said. The Congress and I are like an old married couple that's been lying next to each other in bed for 60 years and rubbing against each other, <laughs> and there isn't any juice anymore. Sounds like Johnson. Yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty plain spoken from Texas. Uh, that's he that's was. for sure. And he was, and so, and he withdrew, and, and you know, it, it's I think it was an incredible act of abnegation. Let me. Remember, the speech of his withdrawal was half was on the war, the, the, the bombing halt in Vietnam and, and hoping to end the war, and half it was on the desperate need we had for a tax bill because uh, to to uh, get the funds we needed for programs and also to avoid uh, terrible inflation. After he withdrew, the North Vietnamese agreed to come to the negotiating table. They started negotiations. He desperately wanted to end that war on his watch. Unfortunately, the Soviets invaded Czechoslovakia in September of 68, and then we have we have that awful incident in which uh, Anna Chenault, uh, on behalf of President Nixon, uh, then candidate Nixon, was telling the South Vietnamese, you'll get a better deal 
with Nixon than you're going to get with Johnson, the South Vietnamese. And, and secondly, he got the tax bill passed. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's like the hand of God is on us sometimes in this country. He pulled out in the end of March, and four days later, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm-hmm. So imagine, at least he was able to deal with what would turn out to be the, the worst week of his presidency, with the riots in the cities, 100 cities, and, and troops we had to send into about six or seven. He, 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 he was able to deal with that as a president that was out of the political arena. But in, you know, but in spite of his record, in spite of doing the honorable thing and stepping away from politics, uh, it's rumored that uh, he asked Secretary of State uh, Dean Acheson uh, why people didn't like him. And, and, uh, and as the story goes, Acheson told the president he just wasn't a likable man. Well, <laughs> but I, but I, I, have to, I have to tell you, following Kennedy, that's a hard act to follow for any president. And, and it was, and you know, and, and especially, and then Kennedy, I mean, the, the attractive, sophisticated, Harvard-educated Kennedy uh, haunted Johnson in many ways. And, and I also, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, Johnson was this big-eared, uh, huge uh, Texan uh, who had grown up in the hill, in the hill country uh, when he was elected to Congress in 38, his first elective office. Where he grew up, that whole hill country part of Texas had no running water and no electricity. So he was entirely different. He was, sure, he was cruder than Kennedy. He did one thing vis-a-vis Kennedy, though, which we should, he was very opportunistic, uh, which is an important part of a successful president. And he, he said, you know, let's pass this law for President Kennedy. This would be a great tribute to John Kennedy. Even when many of the laws were laws he had been thinking about for years and weren't involved. But it, but it helped him get those laws enacted. Uh, he liked Jack Kennedy, incidentally. With Bobby Kennedy, he had, you know, they were like street fighters on the opposite side of the street. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's also a matter of historical record. But he served the president well. He pr- served President Kennedy well. Um, and and it, it was almost as though uh, that unlikability combined with Kennedy's assassination and rumors that Johnson had something to do with it, uh, all and, and the Vietnam War, all conspired to uh, create a very rough presidency for Johnson, despite his track record. Uh, we have to take our final break, and we'll be right back with more from Joseph Califano. You're listening to The Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, and I have a question for you, Scott. What goes into making Method Champenois bubble? You know, it's a process that's really defined by the French government that we've taken and enacted into our wines, which really drive the quality of our sparkling project. So this is a process that the French government defines pretty specifically, and you remain faithful to that. Yeah, 100%, and in some places we push it a little bit. Now, how do the bubbles translate on the palate? You know, it really gives you that vehicle, that mousse for the character of the sparkling wine, carrying the fruit and the complexity. It's the expression of the wine. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I. Cellars, come taste the difference. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right. I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and drag and 
drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Vitamin A is absolutely indispensable for improving the appearance of acne and blemished skin. It helps fight wrinkles and can improve the condition of psoriatic plaques and eczema rashes too. In addition to getting vitamin A from foods and supplements, this important nutrient can provide skin benefits when applied in creams and lotions as well. Topical vitamin A helps organize the growth of skin cells. In other words, you can put vitamin A on top of your skin and you can literally change the way skin cells grow and develop. There aren't many skincare ingredients that can make that claim. This is why products that can contain vitamin A in its active form are considered drugs. The definition of a drug is defined by the FDA is something that is designed to treat or cure a disease or is intended to change a part of the body's chemistry. Topical vitamin A is regulated as a drug because it will change biochemistry. In the case of acne, it will change skin cells and make them more organized. Step one in the development of many skin diseases is crazy growing skin cells. Vitamin A is like a vitamin disciplinarian. In the case of acne blemishes, it whips crazy growing, poor clogging skin cells into shape. It organizes and stabilizes their development so they don't plug up pores. What's more, vitamin A can have a relaxing effect on the production of excess skin oils that can exacerbate pimple formation. On the other hand, if the skin oil cells are not producing enough oils, vitamin A can turn them on. In nutritional chemistry, we say vitamin A is a normalizing vitamin. It reestablishes and restores biochemistry back to its normal, healthy state. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Joseph Califano, and he has written a remarkable new book, which is out right now, uh, a book I hope every American will take a moment to read. It's titled The President Who Made Washington Work, The Triumph and Tragedy of Lyndon Johnson. I, I enjoyed the book a great deal because it helped me get a great number of facts that I was unclear about straight. And like I said, um, in these days of false reporting and misinformation, I think it's really important to try to get a grip on the facts. Now, Mr. Califano, you make the claim that it would not have been possible for Obama to be elected had Johnson not pushed through the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Is that right? Absolutely. There's no question about it. You have to recognize what's happened. I mean, uh, he, he, he was, he was supported by 90%. Oh, actually, I think it was 92% of the black vote. That vote was critical to him in a significant number of states. Indeed, that vote has become critical to the future of the Democratic Party. Uh, and, and, uh, well, the future of both parties. The future of both parties. Uh, how can you win? How, how can you win without the Hispanic and black vote? You can't. Very, very difficult. You're absolutely right, and 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 and, and I think, uh, you know, but you know, more importantly, something you mentioned earlier in the show, Rebecca, that's so important. He was very conscious of role models, and he did appoint the first black cabinet officer. He, he appointed the first Thurgood Marshall to the Supreme Court, and 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 he also put the first black on the Federal Reserve Board. You know, that was a wonderful example of Johnson in action. Why, why don't why I'm still going to ask you the same question over. Why don't we give President Johnson credit for those advances? Well, you know, I think he's beginning to get some of it. I mean, there there is a reevaluation taking place. I think the war was 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 a big part of it. And I think the other thing, the thing that you mentioned, which is very important, was, you know, his his physical presence is sort of 
down earthiness and what have you lent, lent itself more to caricature than portraiture. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think all of that combined, and you know, it was it was a uh, you know he, he he succeeded a person who became a mythical a mythical president. Camelot was was a creation uh, mm-hmm. of of the media uh, and and. You know, I almost get the feeling, Mr. Califano, that that we were all a nation in mourning and we took it out on President Johnson. That's an interesting point. You know, I I just think we had to take it out on someone. And so these rumors that he had something to do with the assassination, you know, that went on and on for decades, as you know. And let me say something about that, because that's really that's another example of Hollywood at its worst. Okay, that Oliver Stone movie, JFK. Yep. which is an outrage. That movie is an outrage. And just think about the fact that how many people have seen that movie. And when, sometimes when I go around speaking, uh, uh, it's just amazing to me uh, uh, the number of younger people that will ask that question. Well, you know, when I get asked about that, I have to remind them it's not a documentary. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's not a documentary. Yeah, it's it's very important to make a distinction between a documentary <laughs> and an actual Hollywood production by Oliver Stone. <laughs> uh, there is one, you know. There, there is the movie, all uh, the not the movie, but the play, all the way, in which Brian Cranston was played. Lyndon Johnson did a terrific job, and that's being made into a movie, uh, which will come out. I understand a, about a year from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Brian Cranston starring, but look, the, the fact is, I do believe we're beginning to see some reevaluation. We're beginning to see some recognition for what he did. Now he let he left us all these laws, and as you indicated earlier, I'll re- rephrase it a little bit in, in the introduction, the long eight thousand word essay in, introducing the, my book that I've written. I, I point out that he left us something else, which was unremitting controversy. I mean, this whole issue of is is what how much government is too much government uh is there too much power in the executive and legislative branches in washington uh these three the states all of those issues uh you know they were all they were all great society issues they they've been around for a long time so johnson not only has put all this stuff in place he has also uh, provided the fuel for what is the political dialogue in the second decade of the 21st century. It's remarkable. It is. And you make the point we're living in, we are living still under the Johnson administration, whether we realize it or not. And that's one of the things I love about your book is that it helps us to see how we uh, got to where we are and why these dialogues are continuing. Now, unfortunately, we are almost out of time. But before okay. we let you go, do you have a website where listeners can go to get more information on the book or keep up with your activities? Absolutely, they can. They can. Well, they can just go to uh, they can go to the Simon Schuster website, or they can they can uh, uh, tweet whatever you do. Just just uh, hashtag LBJ book, uh, mm-hmm. and and they'll get and they'll get they'll get to it. Uh, and, and they can buy it it's on Kindle. It's hardcover. It's paperback. It's audio. It's in every conceivable version. And that's hashtag LBJ book if you're on yes. Twitter. And you can go to the Simon & Schuster uh, website as well and uh, look for the book. Uh, again, The President Who Made Washington Work, The Triumph and Tragedy of Lyndon Johnson. Unfortunately, we are all out of time. But uh, well, I'm, As we're out of time, I just want to say something to you about you. I appreciate being interviewed by someone who knows a lot of history, who knows what they're talking about, and who's actually read the book. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mr. Califano, and may I say thank you for your public service to our country, and thank you for writing an outstanding book to set the record straight at a time when we need more facts than fiction. Thank you so much, Mr. Califano. I hope you'll join us again. Thank you, Rebecca. Bye-bye. If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Joseph Califano, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. 
And if you joined our broadcast late or missed the interview, the full interview with Califano, or you you want to listen to some of our other guests, uh, remember you can always download episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel. And be sure to check out our new radio blog. It's posted every week on our webpage. The blog captures the headline news story from every interview. So if you want to catch the news that the mainstream media sees fit to ignore, well, all you have to do is take a couple of minutes to read our blog. And and do us a favor, pass the word along about the Costa Report and also the blog. Uh, we've become one of the most popular weekly news magazines in the country, all by word of mouth. It's true, all by word of mouth, and we want to keep it that way. That's right. We have turned down the right to be syndicated by the largest broadcast companies in the world just so we can maintain control over the content we deliver to you each and every week. And the reason we can do that is thanks to the sponsors of our program who believe in and want media independence. And also because you, our listeners and local affiliate stations, keep spreading the word. When you stop and think about it, there's a reason that all the news you hear has been reduced to five-minute sound bites, and, and one of the reasons is it's just cheaper to produce junk news. You don't need a, a staff to check out the facts, uh, and another reason is journalists don't have to spend any time on any one particular story. It's very hard to get to the truth if you don't want to invest any time getting to it, and this is why we're one of the last holdouts of uh the television and ra- what television and radio call the long form. We spend the first hour each week with a thought leader who can give us deeper insights into the world we're living in today and what we can do to, to solve the problems that we face. So help us spread the word around a little bit. Next week, we're going to turn our attention to an issue on which our nation is squarely divided. My guest authored the legal opinion, which became the basis for enhanced interrogation techniques used by the CIA during the Bush administration. Former Deputy Assistant U.S. Attorney General John Yoo will be here to set the record straight on what is legally considered torture and what is not. Don't miss John Yoo next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.